Right now, Nord Stream 2 is Skeletor, okay? Welcome to Holla Holla Holidays, <laughs> episode 12 of Personal <laughs> Pan, a podcast, our final episode of the year, and our final episode of what we'll be calling uh, season one. I guess we'll call it season, season one. Season one. Trial and many errors. Trial and all the errors. All, all the errors. Uh, speaking of, this is actually our second recording of this episode after we got a new mic and some new software that for some reason doesn't pick up my co-host Ivy. So I don't exist. I sang too, and that still didn't record, so it's fine. My voice is too beautiful for the world, I guess. The funny part too is that the software is called Hindenburg, and in a way it crashed. Ooh, ooh, it's a deep cut. It's too soon. <laughs> Look, this podcast is blowing up, okay? Focus. Okay, so what are we going to talk about this month? So this month on Holla Holla Holidays, <laughs> we'll be talking about uh, seasonal defective disorder and how it relates to Midwestern winters. And in addition, we'll also be talking about how to kind of survive or kind of get through the holidays yourself and how to kind of navigate things. And these are related, of course, as we always do every month. And in addition to branch the two topics, we'll also be having our uh, interspatial segment called the Drink Piece, uh, where, as you recall, we read a random Bing news article and speculate wildly about it. Well, right now there's a lot of articles out there that might not be good, but we're going to speculate and lie through our teeth probably. Sounds good. Yep. Uh, speaking of lying through our teeth and denying things, let's say hi to Darkness, our old friend. Hello. <laughs> hey, hey, buddy. How's it going? And, um... It's me. <laughs> let's talk about seasonal affective disorder, or SAD. Um, I thought it was important to introduce this topic because I deal with this myself. It's a family trait I have. Um, and I know others in my family who also deal with it. And we all have our own different ways of doing so, but the fact of the matter is the same. When the sun isn't there for several weeks, I don't feel great. Well, it's not that it's gone forever, but it's... Either not there or very overcast. True. With that in mind, I, one of the big things I struggle with is just not seeing the sun for a while. And uh, just not the vitamin D, but truly the brightness of my life kind of goes out a little bit. Um, so there's a number of things I try to do to help kind of balance that out. Right. So, for instance, I drink more water. I try to exercise a whole lot more. And, of course, I try to keep my skincare regimen because that dry air will fuck, fuck up. You, fuck you up. Hard time. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. Because it's like, I don't get impacted by seasonal affected disorder. Um, just because, I don't know, it doesn't That's good. bother me as much. I Also, like, I have constant low-grade depression. So, I'm like, this is just my constant state of being, guys. Um, but, like, for me, what's really helped out this year is, like, getting up and going to the gym in the morning. So, at least it's like... Sure, there might not be sun out, but this is when the day starts for me, and it pushes me to be active in the morning. And then I'm like, I'm tired, I'm sweaty, but we got the rest of the day to go. Yeah, I think getting yourself out of the house can be a really big asset. Yeah. Um, both you and I have had some time off at the end of the year here. I've actually had two weeks off. Yeah. Um, due to oh. some extra PTO I had to burn for the end of the year because it didn't roll over. 
And because of that, it's been very fascinating to see my actions and kind of what I'm doing in that time. And it's very prone to kind of get into that mindset of sad. Particularly because I have a bit of a stressful life. I did a lot this year. Oh, yeah. So much. And I was a bit nervous going into this last two weeks where I didn't have a ton of structured time. Because I was worried I wouldn't be doing enough. It's two weeks of, of empty. You could do whatever you want. Sleep. Read. Drink tea. As long as you have an electric kettle, apparently. Chill. Do some productive things. Or don't. Do yeah. laundry. Always do laundry. And that is what's largely happened. Um, it, with all this time here, it's been fascinating because I've been trying to keep my anxiety in check for most of the year. But this is the time of year that my depression can kind of creep out of its shell and be like, oh, wait, hold on. This is my time to shine. You you reserve these weeks for me to just get you down. Yeah. Um, which luckily has not been happening. I've actually been having a pretty good balance of things. But it's something that historically I've struggled with, particularly when I was in college. Right. And I would usually regularly have a lot of time where I'm just engaged doing things. And then You're that between time work and school and everything else, I just didn't have a lot of anything. Yep. I, I think it's good to have some form of goal every day. Like, okay, I've had this week off. I haven't been as productive as I wanted to be, but I was like, go to the gym every day or like have small goals that'll help you feel like you're doing something and being productive. Um, like today I did laundry, not all of my laundry, but I did some of my laundry and I'm like, I feel so productive despite the fact I've had this entire week to work on it. I still did it. It just took longer than I initially planned it. And that's how a lot of things end up being in this time, which isn't inherently a bad thing in my mind. The trick I've kind of learned is that in being nervous about this time, and also with the kind of seasonal effect of kind of creeping in, it's important to keep in mind that in these times, I don't need to do so many things. Yeah. When you have If I were to have done off. nothing in two weeks, that's fine. Because what I realize is that to do as much as I've been doing, I kind of need two weeks of nothing just to rest and relax. Yeah, yeah you do. Because I, I think everyone has this perception of like, oh, once I'm on vacation, everything's going to be great. And then you're on vacation and you're like, oh, fuck. I feel like I have to do something because I feel like I have to be productive all the time. And you don't have to be. No, and that's not a failure of your time off. In fact, it should be telling you a message of what you're doing during your regular time. Yeah, just, hey, you know what? Maybe you need more sleep. Or maybe you want to finish that book that's on your list that you definitely need to address in some degree. But... It's just like your time, and with the weather being cloudier, being heavier, being overall darker and gloomier, it's beneficial to do something that's going to make you feel more engaged in the day, even if it's just like, I'm going to do this one thing in the middle of the day, and then be like, okay, whatever for the rest of the day, if you have that time off, because at least it's like a marker point of your day, of I'm doing something, I'm being a little bit of productive, even if it's not like writing an entire podcast or going to the dentist office or doing other shit it's you're doing one small thing that you can do that doesn't over impact your day but it still makes a marker of like oh i actually did something today i think one issue with depression at least for me is that like having so many days off it's very easy for those days to blend together because yes. i'm like i could sleep that whole time but, like, having something to do every day really helps me, even if it's small. Like, I've been watching cats. 
I go check on cats in the morning, go check on cats at night. It's not a lot of work to do it. It takes at most 30 minutes each time out of my day, but it still makes sure that I'm getting up, I'm doing something for the day. Agreed. And I think even having some different things, this will vary on certain people, but for me, reading really helps. Because saying I got X number of chapters or X number of books done right, feels like I've gone something out of the way. And as somebody who has a bit of a stack of books to be read, that does help. Yeah. I mean, like, for me personally, not so much because I'm like, I like reading, but I could just snuggle with my cat and just, like, chill out for a while, not do anything. True, which is also very fair. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit harder to record that, too, because when you do that kind of quote-unquote nothing, yeah, it can be relaxing or not relaxing. So, yeah. I mean, my, you know, if I were to sit in bed and kind of scroll through my phone looking at social media, well, maybe listening to radio. Yep. Which I'll do some mornings when I wake up. That's fine occasionally. But when it becomes a pattern, I know that's not as helpful because I can kind of get sucked into that kind of social media bubble. Okay. I mean, like... But sometimes when I just sit down and lie on my couch or my bed and do nothing else, I'm not trying to fall asleep, I'm not trying to do anything else, particularly this kind of comes in when I meditate, too, but to give myself that time just to do nothing can be really important, but can be a bit rare. Yeah. Uh, And it can feel a bit strange where you have a hard time keeping track of time and structuring that, so... As an alternative, uh, luckily I've been able to do, is start taking some more baths, which is a good in-between for that, where I'm not listening to anything. I'm not. No, I agree with you. I think like just having something that breaks up the day really helps with seasonal affection dis- affected disorder. Once again, I don't have it, but my constant state of being is depression. So having something for me, like small accomplishments, small things to do every day, to break up the monotony really helps. Definitely. And I think one of the other things we can kind of forget about is connecting with other people. Um, particularly with seasonal affective disorder and kind of this specific space I'm talking about, uh, I found myself where I have time off of work, but others do not. Yep. And that can be a bit alienating where you want to socialize, engage other people, and that can help you get out of that rump. But if those other people are not available or free to talk or do other things, it can be a bit harder. Um, yeah, but it's just remind yourself that it's not them saying no to you. It's just saying no to the specific time that you were requesting. Exactly. And it's just these times not lining up, um, which is why you can look for other more flexible things on time. I try to write. Or, even better, I try to cut out a cat or hang off pets because they're, they're always free. They're not doing anything. Yeah, well... As long as you have one. As long as you have one, or if you have access to one. Yeah. Which, as you mentioned, it's a great time to volunteer to look after your friends and family's pets. volunteer. I'm not getting paid at all. (laughs) Or get paid if you can, even better. Um, Extra. I mean, I... My best friend and my neighbor, same person, uh, I'll I'll go over and bother their cat when I'm feeling down and they're not around and... He doesn't give a shit because he's a fat, chonky little baby, and he's precious, and I love him. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. I think, like, you just have to find small things to make your day feel a little bit more accomplished. Or to make to break up that monotony, as we've both been saying. Yeah. And if nothing else, one other thing you can do, too, is travel a bit. Now, there's traveling outside of the actual place you're being. That can be a bit harder. But if you do have this 
resource of time. Yeah. Just walking around a bit more can help. What's it, I think I, we're saying the same thing, but we're going in circles, Dan. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you're right. I'm. I'm agreeing with you. I was just saying, like, I think it's one of those situations of like yes and, and then we're continuing to say the yes and and the yes and, because it's like it, you're doing something that make you move to make you get out of that that rut that you feel like you're stuck in. Well said. And I think with that, it's probably a good time for us to transition to our next segment of Drink Beasts. So uh, as a reminder here on Drink Beasts, what we do is we take a random news article from the Bing News Service. It is a service. We are very grateful for it. Um, Since this is episode 12, I've just pulled up the Bing News source, and I'm going to go to the 12th article I see. And we'll start to randomly and wildly speculate off just the headline. Oh, please don't let it be this first one. So that first one is on a political thing that we're not going to worry about. So that's one, two, three, The second one is about money. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Conflicting reports in Syria or tough to Um, stop Nord Stream. These are, so let's go with this one right here. Um. The article title reads, Tough to Stop Nord Stream 2, Now It's Being Built, EU's Ottinger. Now, the fun part about this is I have no idea what Nord Stream 2 is. Neither do I. I'm sorry. I'm an American. It's not that I don't care. It's just I'm pointfully ignorant about this shit. This Uh, is also from Reuters, uh, for those who are curious. Again, it's Tough to Stop Nord Stream 2, Now It's Being Built, EU's Ottinger. I pronounce it as Reuters. Reuters, whatever. I mean, I I just don't Don't root me out, Reuters. Um, but, but let's have some fun with this. What do you think Nord Stream 2 is, Ivy? I'm assuming that it's... I just don't know what that is. I'm thinking it's like something to do with the Nordic countries up north, um, possibly due to do with oil or some type of uh, power streaming. And, like, I know that working with oil is a tough subject, especially depending on where that crude oil is coming from, so maybe they already had the first one. And then they're trying to do another branch in which, like, crude oil is being transferred from somewhere in the north throughout the EU. So that's one possibility. A more dangerous and entertaining possibility, though, is that Nord Stream 2 is a top-secret cybernetic project that's powered by steams and streams. So, like, a water-powered one? Yeah. Like those old water mills? So imagine... Uh, the kind of paddle boat thing from uh, yep. Tom Sawyer. What's yeah, it called? I know what you're talking about. The steamboats. Yeah, steamboat with a little like regatta thing on the back. Yep, the, the like a portion of the steamboat was to have like those paddles that went through the water. Yeah. So imagine that, but it's a Nordic transformer. What would it be doing? Well, the thing is, it can go through all the streams and waterways of Europe, and once it's being built, once it's started on that boat. It can't be stopped. It's constantly getting power from the streams, building up power, building itself. It's kind of like in, Tran- in uh, Terminator where the r- machines start building themselves. That's where it's really dangerous. The Nord Stream 2 is a water-powered robot that's getting ready to take over the Nordic hemisphere. Or it's co- or it's built by the Nords, like people in the Both. Nordic hemisphere. No, I'm saying like instead of taking over it, they like collaborated and they're like, let's go down south and try to... Oh, that's the plan. The Nords plan to build this robot to help take over the South. Well, they the have South. two. They have to, they're working on number two. So number one was apparently either successful in a prototype, and they're now moving to stage two 
to be like a fully functional success. Well, and here's here's the rub. Nord Stream One conquered every stream in the Nordic Hemisphere successfully, uh-huh. but was stopped by land. Nordic Stream Two I is amphibious. I don't know how to tell you this, but the Nordic countries are s- predominantly surrounded by ocean. Are you saying it can only work in fresh water? The first one could. The okay. second one can do salt water. Okay, because once it hits salt water, it can get anywhere. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be And that's why it's tough to stop it once it's being built. Okay, fair. But, like, who's Odinger? Odinger is the hero of legend. <laughs> you see, the, the name wouldn't apply. No, no, okay, he but, but, Odinger might seem like some sort of commissioner or... But, but okay, I'm going to break this up here. EU's Odinger. So that's assuming that it sounds like Odinger is the negative imp- that's the negative force causing the Nord Stream. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. Odinger, in this case, is going to fight the Nord Stream, too. He's trying to warn the others that we need to band together. To go Odinger them. is our only hope against the Nord so Stream, too. So you're saying Odinger is like the person within the EU that's like, no, 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 the Nords, the Nords they have their health care... They have their crude oil. It's tough to stop it. We need to act now to stop the Nord Stream 2 before it takes over all the waterways. I just don't... I don't feel like that's what it's saying. I feel like Odinger is the mastermind behind it. Well, who better to be the mastermind than the person who says they're going to try to stop it? Fair. But I feel as though that would be counterintuitive because legislatively you can blockade a lot of shit that would prevent it. And you would assume that a mastermind's like, no, let's make it as easy as possible. No law can stop the might of the Nord Stream 2. Well, the construction of it, because it still looks like it's being built. It's tough to stop it, though. It's already in motion. It's already in the water. No, it's being built. It hasn't been built yet. It is in progress. They are in, like, the skeletal stage. So they can be like, you can't import giant vats of crickets for the Nord Stream. So hold on. I'm envisioning this sort of, like, Pacific Rim Jaeger that goes on waterways and it's powered by crickets. No, I never said it was powered by crickets. It's powered by water, apparently. Sorry, it's powered by snakes who eat the crickets. No, no, no. We already established that it was definitely generated. Like, the power is definitely being generated by water, like, waterways. Or steam, in this case. Um, No, I'm saying, like, crickets are somehow involved in it. I don't know what to capacity. I'm using a very vague hyperbole here. But I'm saying is... You know, you can cause a prevention of that import or export that is essential to the development of the Nord Stream 2 that is currently being built in its skeletal form. Well... Right now, Nord Stream 2 is Skeletor, okay? (laughs) But without the robes, which is a little bit disturbing. That is very disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. Skeletor. He-Man. Nord Stream 2. Time to take over the EU. <laughs> <laughs> Nord Stream 2, coming for you. Oh, no. Okay. So, I think that's enough fun of Drink Peace. Let's go ahead and move into our next segment for today's pod. Uh, how to survive or navigate the holidays. Uh, are we talking about emotionally or aesthetically or physically or health-wise? Well, let's talk about some just maybe common warning signs. Warning number one. Such as how to offload the stockpile of cookies that you get and sweets. God, there's so many sweets everywhere. I have two bins of cookies at home. And then I also have, like, two things of chocolate. And I, like, don't get me wrong. I like sweets. But? But 
there's only so much time in which one human being can eat that many cookies before the cookies go bad. I am at this point where I'm kind of like throwing them away. Because I'm like, oh, thank you. I really appreciate this. She's going to put this in the trash because I just cannot aesthetically handle it or orthodontally handle it. That's another issue, too. And I, I think part of the problem, too, is that we have such a big supply, but we're Americans, after all, and we like our choices. So I'll have, I have several tins and containers of cookies. So pretty. But I still really want to bake cookies right now. No. Because I want that, like, feeling of fresh baked cookies. Can I have You can buy a candle that smells like that. I want the feeling of cookies, as in the feeling of them going to my mouth and eating a dozen cookies. Take the cookies that you have, put them on a tray, put them in the oven for, like, a minute or two at a very low heat, pull them out, they'll be nice, warm, and then you could be like, yum, I made fresh cookies, and therefore you're still consuming the cookies you have. That's actually a really good idea. Thank you. <laughs> I've thought about it. Ivy's on some new level shit. Except I don't have an oven right now, so I'm going to have to live vicariously through you. So vicarious cookie baking is the weakness of the Nord Stream 2. Yeah. Focus. <laughs> got to focus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely see, like, during the holidays, it's a lot. There's so much food. Like, honestly, from Thanksgiving to New Year's Eve, there's the amount of food that is being shoveled into everybody's face and orifice is just way too goddamn much. It is, and it can be a difficult thing, but very important to say no, to fucking decline, to realize when you are not hungry. And also to be like, you know what, I'm going to save this for later, and then don't worry about it. You're not hungry right now. Do Like, if you feel like you're hungry, you're just reacting to the advertisements being shoved in your face. Yeah, and there's just so much sugar going around. Yeah. And really, it's going to be better off for you and the person trying to give them to you when you're mutually excited and engaged about them rather than feeling you have to. In well, fact, one of the things I'm doing in the new year is I'm going to be trying to be more mindful with my eating. So if I'm eating or drinking something, I want to pay attention to it. Right. So if I am sitting in front of TV as I just kind of eat an unknown number of cookies while watching a holiday movie, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's also like... I think regarding that, you just have to prepare and pull out like, okay... I want to watch a movie, but I want cookies. Okay, how many cookies do I want the most for me to eat? Five. So take out five cookies, put them on a plate, put them in the oven for whatever amount of time to heat them up, and be like, ooh, fresh cookies, and then sit and watch it. So you don't have that temptation to be like, oh, I've already finished these cookies. We're good. You don't have that temptation to be like, I'm just going to get this box and just go at it. And I think that's important. Like, that's something that I have to do, too, of, like, I want something, but in order for me to ration it out, I have to make sure the majority of it's stowed away, and I just pull out a little bit, have a plate, and be like, this is what I can have. Right. And I am curious, just one quick follow-up, for your oven trick here, uh-huh. what do you do to avoid the cookies from getting too dry? To give you an idea, what I would recommend is to have a oven-safe dish, probably a ceramic bowl, if you will, and have a little bit of water on it and put that under, like on the shelf under where the cookies are at so there's steam going up. Because you do that with baking bread. That's smart. I didn't know that. Yeah. Terrific. So we got cookies on lock. Yeah, definitely. Um, We need it, but definitely. (laughs) Hopefully you've probably heard enough things about how to get through things with your relatives and family and friends through the holidays. But let's maybe think about some of the lesser considered parts of the holidays and kind of getting through. So 
we do have our lists of what we want to consume for media and everything. But how do we actually make the most of that time? How do we survive the holidays without getting too burned out? What do you do to help kind of structure where you're coming and going? And sometimes this isn't as possible with travel and all that. So, Dan, I don't know how to tell you this, but I don't like Christmas. That's a okay. I don't hate it. I just I'm don't. on Team Halloween, so, like, you're not offending me. No, it's like, I don't... Like, when there's a Christmas movie, I have no desire to watch it. If there's Christmas music, I have no desire to listen to it. And it's not saying, like, oh, I hate people who, are, who participate in Christmas. It's just, for me, it's not a special day. It's just another day in the year for me at the end of the... You know, I'd rather just be like, oh... New Year's Eve, that's fun because it's like you're with your friends and stuff like that, but holidays, like Christmas... Well, New Year's Eve is a holiday. When people are referring to holidays, they're talking about Christmas because everything, when you say the holidays, it's just Christmas-themed. A fair criticism, but not my intent. And then when you say holiday movie, it's Christmas-themed. I mean, there are a few New Year's movies and they suck. Mostly Christmas <laughs> But, like, the point is that, like, I have no care or desire regarding that of Christmas just because it's not my thing. Um, so when it's like, oh, make sure that you go to these people's place to go visit them, I'm like, I one, I don't have that. And then, two, I'm like, I'll just see them at another time. Fair. Uh, with that in mind, then, let's talk a little bit about New Year's because you and I did New Year's last year. I assume you're going to be at New Year's this year. Yep. Um, what is probably your most favorite and least favorite thing about New Year's? What really gets it for you? I would say, like, most favorite is the socialization with everyone. Least favorite is being really drunk and walking home on the, from the train at, like, 2 a.m. And then feeling like you're going to die the next day. Because <laughs> that definitely have not happened before. Well, speaking of trying to survive things, it... I am coming from a very uh, lucky uh, state of being here where I specifically choose my New Year's festivities based upon how little do I have to travel to go to sleep. Yeah, you were right next door. I'm next door to where the New Year's party is for this year and was for last year. Uh, But also before then, too, I have always been, I've always stayed at wherever the host is for the New Year's party. Very seldomly have I actually hosted a New Year's party myself, but I've always just stayed there and finagled that and been very particular about it. And I, because of that, tend to be at smaller gatherings, which is A-OK for me. Yeah. Um, but I know that that's a big thing for me. Um, so if you can do that, try it. Yeah. If you don't feel comfortable asking for that ahead of time, Trunk, you might want to consider asking to stay on the couch. May not be a terrible idea. Yeah, and I mean, like, also make sure that, like, you eat food before you go to the party. Because when they say there's going to be snacks, it's not enough snacks to counteract the amount of alcohol that you are chugging to make it through the day. Which is why last year I was like, I have to go home. I'm going to throw up. Going to be on the train. Walks home. Does not throw up. So, want to point out? Accomplishment. Well, one other alternative approach to that, following our previous discussion... It's not that you maybe need to eat so much food before you go to the party. It's that you could drink less. Okay. If we're going to be specific on this. <laughs> I had three Moscow mules and one thing of champagne. So that's four drinks. That is not a lot for me. And they were not very strong drinks. 
and I still got messed up because I did not have enough food in my stomach. You need to have a full meal before you want to go party. Yeah, and I, I think if there's anything, you're, you'd rather eat more than you would. Just, or than... just when like they're like, oh, go, there's going to be a party. Don't assume that there's going to be food there to like supplement a full meal. Just eat before, go to the party, and if there's snacks, yay. If there's no snacks, then you're okay. Even better, bring your own snacks to the party. I feel like that gets a little bit weird and uncomfortable if there's no snacks. That's like being the one kid in class that starts chewing gum. You've brought it for everybody else, though. See, you're assuming that I have the capability currently to make snacks for everyone. Okay, usually... Usually you have an oven, so I'm sorry I'm transitioning I'm, from this. I know. I'm, I'm but just I'm saying, saying just chop up some veggies and you got a veggie tray. Or get some chips and salsa. You've spent five dollars and you're good. You could just have food at home that you already have, and then like go to the party. And once again, if snacks are like, hey, bring snacks. I brought cheese last year. I don't regret doing that. There's nothing wrong you with that. You brought some good ass cheese. I did, and that's my goal for this year. But it's like just. Even if you know that there's going to be some form of food out there, eat at home or, like, eat first before you go to the party because it's better to say, like, I had a solid, well-rounded meal at 7 or 8 p.m. at night before, say, instead of going, like, yeah, there's going to be food there and I'm just going to eat snacks and, like, not really drink that much alcohol, but your body is not being able to process the amount of nutrients coming from that food at the same rate that it's metabolizing that alcohol. So you're going to feel it harder, faster, stronger, work it better. Daft Some punk. daft punk advice. Yes. Um, I think you have a very good point. Uh, I agree. Yeah. It's not It's not me saying attack him. I'm just saying, like, don't, don't never assume. Just never assume. Never assume. When it comes to New Year's and partying, Best to play it safe. Yes. Be safe. Drink lots of water when you can. You're not going to look back and say, oh, man, last year for New Year's, I had a bit was... more than I expected for dinner. Yeah. You often say, I was so fucking hungover and hated the world. Exactly. So you want to avoid that. Yeah. And I mean, you're right, too, as regards of, like, monitoring what you're drinking, but also keep in mind of, like, you don't have to drink that much to feel it if you don't have enough nutrients in your body. And I sound like I'm about to be like, oh, you have to have all of the nutrients, eat all your vitamins. No, just like have peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Brr. There you go. Peanut butter jelly sandwich, some carrots, boom. You're okay. Not perfect, but you have a fighting chance. Fighting chance. Yeah. Try not to get into too many fights, though. Don't, just don't consume alcohol on an empty stomach. Well, I think that's going to about do it. We're finally going to have a shorter episode for a change following our longer episodes. I'm like, it's not that short. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, Dan. Well, you know what, Ivy? I think just because you're saying that, I'm going to choose the pun topic for this month as short. Uh, that's my constant state of being. Because I think it's pretty low of you to just try and chide in there. I mean, it's okay. I, I'm, I'm never tall enough to reach the minimum requirement for a ride, so, eh. Well... I'm small and ready to brawl. Well, it's okay. I'll just have to step up to it with a step stool. Just have to pop that out. Because you gotta, you want to roll? Gotta step up to it with the step stool. You're bringing in a lot of other tools here. I want you to kind of heal yourself, kind of get off this high you're trying to feel here. It's not a sustainable platform. I mean, let me and my horse ride off into the distance. 
but don't worry, I'm short, so it doesn't matter. Oh, of course you can run off in the distance. You didn't pay me my money. You tried to short me. Rude. Rude. I would never short you. If anything, I'll overpay. God damn it. I feel attacked right now. I'm done. Sorry if I made you feel small. Well, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. That's going to do it for uh, this month's episode of Personal Panda Puncast. Holla, holla, holidays. And that's also going to be the last episode of season one or year one of Personal Pan. Yeah. Um, As we mentioned at the top of the episode, just a brief little heads up for what's coming. We've already uh, plotted out a few episodes. So if you are interested to see what we're doing, we actually are looking for some community engagement for any of our listeners so if anybody's listening out there and wants to drop us a line the one dog that listens yes uh, please email us at personalpanpuncast at gmail.com again that's personalpanpuncast at gmail.com we'll be happy to tell you about all of our episodes but um, please look forward to season two we're beer we're queer tell your friends tell your friends please and also find that one dog that listens to us Pun till next time. See you guys next year. Bye bye bye.